Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This kind of has that beastie voice feel to it. Oh, yeah. You got to fight for your right. To Lombardi. To Lombardi. That's the remix that Mr. Witty Travis Kelsey came up with. My God, is he dripping in sex right now? On the top of the world, Smee's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. That's eight in a row. Let me get on the hotline. We did it. 913. You can call in. We'll get you on. On the TV right now is Andy Reid and his wife. Uh, on a replay loop on ESPN talking about this game. Andy Reid finally gets a Super Bowl. He checks the box off that he's probably been trying to check off for the last 17 years. Because I think it was 17 years uh, ago that he was in the Super Bowl with the Eagles when they lost to the Patriots, I believe. 15. 15 years. 15 years. Decade and a half, man. 15 years. I mean, just, I mean, honestly, just imagine that, man. Like, 15 years. Um, thanks for joining us tonight. It is three o'clock in the morning. I know that means nothing to anybody else. Doesn't feel like it. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I've been here for 13 hours and I could be here for another 13 more, man. Okay. Go ahead and uh, produce the drive. Well, I'm good. Okay. Um, I'll be here tomorrow, uh, at 2 PM with, uh, Carrington and Sean Levine. I'm sure they will have uh, a lot for you. I've been in contact with Carrington. We have a loaded show coming up. For you tomorrow from 2 to 6. Don't forget the guys from Fesco in the morning are live from Miami. Starting right after us, 6 a.m. So this is just going to pour right in. So when the text line starts to wake up a little bit more, Nick Price, and they say, wait a minute, this isn't Clay Travis or Ben Maller? No, we're going till 6 a.m., okay? This is going to go right into Fesco in the morning. And then like everything else, it's going to go into Alex and Cody or Cody and Gold, and then it's going to go straight into the drive. And the first two programs are going to be live from Miami. They're there. Okay? It's going to get real all day tomorrow. Tuesday is going to be interesting. And then Wednesday, it's parade day. The entire city shuts down. It turns into this red extravaganza. Go be a part of it. 1130. Mayor Lucas has let you know everywhere. 11.30, and then the rally is at 1.30 at Union Station, and I can only imagine that there's somebody there that's going to top Johnny Gomes' speech. My guess is it's going to be Sherman or it's going to be Kelsey. That's just going to go completely over the top of Johnny Gomes' speech. Before we went to break, we talked about Mr. Starship. That is Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, no matter what you think of him, no matter what your message was of him, Kennington Harrison, he stepped up in a huge way during that playoff run, and that's not the biggest thing he's done in the last three weeks. 
He was big, and let me be real for one damn minute here. He was the only one making the big plays when this team needed them. Mm -hmm. There, to me, is a difference between a big play and a spark. And I will get to Mr. Tyreek Hill's catch of 44 yards that I know that you've seen before, and I will tell you where you saw that play before, if you don't already know. This is what Sammy Watkins, last three games, looked like via Carrington Harrison. It's ironic that he would tweet this out. Sammy Watkins had 14 catches for 288 yards with a touchdown in the three playoff games. He had big catches and big spots. Salute. I will tell you this. He's the third best option moving forward on this team. And who's to say what his role can become? Because we know that we have a lot of different options when you look at this team, when you dissect it. When we look at this team and you think about, okay, who can be the player this week? Who can do it this week? And like Sammy Watkins had said earlier in the week, I think during the Super Bowl week, that he's just happy to be a part of this team because it is different. And we're going to get into the different type of vibe that this team has even from last year. It's insane how night and day it is or 180 it is, whatever cliche lingo you want to give it but Sammy Watkins says yeah there's a lot of guys on this team that can be playmakers but that's not the way this team thinks yes there's times where they're like oh I want my catches I want to make sure Pat still throws me the ball I want to make sure that I'm there in the right place at the right time to be that guy but I can tell you one thing it was really damn clear in this playoff run that two guys that stepped up that Pat Mahomes connected with on a lot of key plays was Sammy Watkins, number one, and Damian Williams, number two. And both of those guys kind of got a lot of flack this year. Now, both, I know Damian Williams, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, both very, very underappreciated for the majority of this season. Now, to be fair, not to be calling anybody you know, a bully or anything, that Damian Williams was hurt a lot this season. We didn't really know what was going on, and when he fully got healthy, it seemed like it clicked. But... That's the sign of two very important things when it comes to where Sammy Watkins is mentally on this team. And he said earlier this week or earlier last week, he said, moving forward, I'd be okay taking a pay cut to stick around on this team and with this quarterback. And that's the sign of two very important things moving forward. Number one, good athletes. Sammy Watkins, whether you want to believe it or not, Sammy Watkins is a great athlete. And good athletes want to make a pay cut to play for the Chiefs. Number two, that's the power of Mahomes and Reed. Mm -hmm. And where I want to get real with this is I want to take you back, and it kind of hits home this week because of who they played against, but I want to take you back to when Emmanuel Sanders was a hot free agent. He was still kind of in the peak of his prime. And he said... I'm a free agent receiver, and he was ready to sign with the Chiefs. And this was the Andy Reid beginning. Alex Smith was here. They were, they were getting ready to put this thing together. Now, we knew that Alex Smith probably wasn't the answer moving forward in the longevity of the season or of the, of the, of the run. But Emmanuel Sanders, at the last minute, once Peyton Manning signs with the Broncos, says, timeout. I'm going to go sign with Denver. I'm going to go play with Peyton. I want to go win a ring. And as a Chiefs fan, I'm sure you're like, 
The hell with that guy. That guy sucks because he decided to go play for another team that wasn't yours because your team didn't have what their team could offer. It's like being with two different friends and one friend says, hey, we're having a party at my house and he lives in an apartment. The other friend says, hey, we're having a party at my house and he's got a house on 10 acres with a pool. My guess is, even though you've been invited to both places, you're probably going to lean to the one that has more promise. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can't have fun in an apartment. I live in an apartment and I have a blast. But what I'm saying is, he led to Denver because of what Peyton Manning can give you. And it's exactly what Peyton Manning did. He won the division all those years. He got to the playoffs. He got to the Super Bowl twice and would give Denver a ring. This is something that pairs with, op with that opening statement that we gave you that the future of the NFL is Kansas City and most likely will, will be moving forward because I'm talking to you, A.J. Green. You want to win a Super Bowl? You want to be with a quarterback that's super talented? You want to skip out on the Burrow years? You don't want to be part of the rebuild? Come to Kansas City. You'll have a quarterback. You'll have the talent. You'll have the coaching, and you'll have the promise that you can go to that place. You can get to that area, and that's what you're going to start seeing with athletes and everybody in this league. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be a type of athlete like Kevin Durant with the Golden State Warriors where they were like, I want to go ring chase. I don't know if that's going to happen because that would be insane. That would be like a, a big name that's a free agent, this year, like Alvin Kamara. Being like, you know what, Saints, it was cool. Breeze is about out of here. I'm going to go over to the Chiefs. They need some help at running back. I mean, I don't know what I would do if Alvin Kamara became a part of the Chiefs. That would be one of those, like, unfair things. Right. But the possibility is there because of who plays quarterback and who coaches this team because I don't think Andy Reid's done having fun. I know he has a slew of grandchildren. I know he has a lot of love for his family. But he's made it work this long, and now he's got a taste. And now this team has gelled. And where we can also take this, where we'll take this a little bit later, is you remember when Terrell Suggs got signed here. And yeah, he wanted to go play in Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore was the hot team. They have what we know now as the MVP, unanimous MVP of the NFL. And he was talked out of it very quickly. He had a short conversation. We know this via the guys from Arrowhead Pride. They wrote an article about it. Short conversation with Andy Reid. And all Andy Reid had to say was, hey, man, you'd be a leader. You'd be a voice. This team's got a lot of promise. And they got this really good quarterback named Patrick Mahomes that I'm sure you know a lot about. And by the end of that conversation, Terrell Suggs was like, all right, I'm going to go play in Kansas City. And right now, if you're still up and you're watching ESPN, Terrell Suggs is on ESPN with a Chiefs chain around his neck, and he's a Super Bowl champion. And he's probably going to retire. And that's the type of stuff that when you hear those things, like you hear Sammy Watkins say, I'm willing to take a pay cut because his cap hit is quite big next year, close to $20 million. But guys like that, they've won a ring. Sammy Watkins, he's young, but the guy's made a ton of money already in the NFL. What's his end-all, be-all goal? Be set up in life to be a champion. Well, he's already a champion. He's set up pretty nicely the rest of his life. And a pay cut from close to $20 million to like seven. million? It's still a lot of damn money. 
And you hear stories like Terrell Suggs where they're like, yeah, I wanted to go home and in my career. And at the start of the season, I was, you know, it was kind of bare what was going on. And even he came over late in the season, became a part of this team, and he'll hoist a trophy up in a parade, and he'll get a ring with the Kansas City Chiefs. And when he goes into the Hall of Fame, he'll be a two-time Super Bowl winning champion. That's what people see. That's what people – that gives them the proof, and they move forward with that type of charisma, tenacity, and truth. And that's what helps our opening statement that the future of the NFL is in Kansas City because their quarterback is 24 and their head coach, who's probably one of the top five to ever do it, could possibly be one of the top three to ever do it, has the recipe to keep doing it moving forward. And you're seeing players like Sammy Watkins, who are not even 30 years old, and they're already talking about taking pay cuts to be a part of something like this. I want to say one more thing about Sammy Watkins, and I got to give a shout-out to my father, Mike Price, because he's the biggest Sammy Watkins fanboy out there. He's a little bit richer tonight, too, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he had a future on the Chiefs, and so we'll be taking a trip to Vegas at some point to cash that in. But my dad had always been telling me, he's like, hey, Sammy is the key. Sammy is the key. Like, Sammy puts this team over the edge. And it's true, man. Like, you can see, and you've seen it in these really big playoff games where you're playing against good defenses. Teams are able to sometimes contain Hill and Kelsey. But you can't double three guys out there. And you need somebody that you can rely on to make those big plays in big moments like you talked about earlier, Dusty. Sammy Watkins has done exactly that in the biggest games of his career. Yeah, he kind of disappeared a lot during the season. He had those three touchdowns in week one. Didn't score again until the playoffs, I believe. But when your team needed him the most, Sammy Watkins stepped up, and he tipped this team over the edge. It's not very often that you see a team this loaded with this much star power that's labeled to bleed their emotions out and to hear a guy like Sammy Watkins say, I'm just privileged to be a part of this team because that means the message has been brought up and it's clear and everybody gets it. Um. Sammy Watkins was great in this playoff run. Damien Williams, well, he did something for the first time in Super Bowl history. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Is it 2020 or 2019 champs? I've never, I've never really I mean, know I, that one. I think it's actually 2019, even though the Super Bowl and all of the playoffs God, happened I in 2020. From the 816, good morning, Dusty. Go Chiefs. I really thought Williams might get MVP last night. That's how important I thought his game was. You ain't lying. I really like D. Willie. I do, too. We Playoff game, game, man. Yeah. He's just different. I mean... In that AFC championship game last year, he was insane. I think he had four touchdowns. Yeah, he had like three or four. And he had four. I think he had four, and he had like three in the fourth quarter. I mean, he's just been like, he hasn't been around and like stayed healthy during the regular season enough to be really like his the, entire career. Yeah, pretty much his entire career. You know, we talked about it going into this season, how he hadn't had more than 50 carries in a single season. But like Sammy Watkins, the guy may be on and off the field a lot during the season, but when it comes to the playoffs and the biggest moments, he showed up big time, man. Yeah. Um, it's really hard, I think, for the committee to give the MVP to somebody other than a quarterback, which is insane to think about that because Terrell Davis won it 
as the last running back to win it, and the quarterback on his team was John Elway. Um, but there is a good case tonight, and there will be one, and and I'm sure that somebody will talk about it tomorrow. That Damian Williams absolutely, uh, you know, 100 has a shot, had a shot of winning the MVP tonight. Oh yeah, no doubt. I think that Pat, you know, ends up getting it because he's the quarterback, but he also made like some huge throws towards the end of the game that kept him in it. But yeah. the ones that really capped it off were the two touchdowns from Damian Williams. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Um, I really think that every time this team needed like a, not a regrouper, not like a, you know, just like a, you know, George Kittle had four catches for 36 yards. Keep talking. Best time. Uh, yeah. He looks like he looks like what Macaulay Culkin looks like now. Oh, yeah. what George Kittle looks like. Yeah. In real life. Um, but it seemed like tonight with the Chiefs and the way that offense was running, because it was clearly obvious what San Fran was doing. And and, and you heard it in the postgame from Patrick Mahomes is that they were basically playing a cover three with a safety robber, which means they would find who they thought was the deep route runner and they would come down and take that out. And then basically everybody was man on the outside. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know an NFL playbook. I just watch a lot of NFL games and I hear what these players say. And you kind of put the two together and it makes sense. And it seemed like Damian Williams was consistently on the, on the same page as Patrick Mahomes, which he's been for, you know, quite a while. Um, and it seems like that's always been Patrick Mahomes is, is like go-to running back, you know, we got real close to seeing a Darwin Thompson touchdown and I got real excited. Um, I know Levine was probably sports horny when, when Darwin Thompson got close to scoring, but you saw these things with Damien Williams throughout the game where when they needed a first down on second and three, he was getting it when they needed the, when they needed the outside, you know, the dump off pass on the, on the wheel route, like he was there and that play where he stretched over the pylon on third and goal where that game could really, really change. They didn't overturn that call. And then, of course, the 38 burst at the end. But what we said before the break about how he did something in Super Bowl history, and this is from CBS Sports headquarters on Twitter, at uh, CBS Sports HQ, Damian Williams is the first player ever, ever, with 100-plus rushing yards plus a rushing and a receiving touchdown in the Super Bowl. Damian Williams, like we said earlier, that Sammy Watkins came up with like big plays and at big at, at big times. Now, we're going to dive into that that Tyreek Hill 44-yard catch. Like I said before, I think you've seen it before, but Damian Williams seemed to consistently give that spark when this team needed it. And one of the biggest players in this playoff run for the Chiefs was 26. He was the spark all night that seemed to be the offense and what the offense needed. And when it needed one, to be specifically honest, it just always happened. And it just seemed that he and Pat were clicking and no other running back, like, and no other running back had on this team. Not Darwin Thompson, not Darrell Williams, not LaShawn McCoy, who was inactive and just it is what it is with that. But it just seems like with Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams, and that's the way it seems with a lot of guys with Patrick Mahomes. That's why the chemistry between he and Tyreek is so much uh, greater than anybody else's. The, the chemistry that he has with Travis Kelsey 
and the chemistry that it seems that he has with Damian Williams, when those two guys know each other are on the same pattern, everything kind of seems to go well. And when you look at what Damian Williams did during this playoff run, you look at the Houston uh, Texans game, he had 12 rushes for 47 yards, and that's a 3.9 average. That's nothing to, like, pop out your eyes about. But he got into the end zone twice. And then he had two receptions for 21 yards, but he got into the end zone. That's three touchdowns in one game. Then you look what he did against Tennessee, and he had 17 for 45. That's a terrible average. That's 2.6 for a running back. But he had five receptions for 44 yards for an 8.8 average. And again, he had a rushing touchdown. That's four touchdowns. Tonight, he had two touchdowns. He had six touchdowns in three games. And he just seemed to be a reliable target. And it seems like when you're in that offense with Patrick Mahomes and you need that, that's where it works the most. And that's what happens with this team and these players is that they all have their own role with Patrick Mahomes. And when it's signed, sealed, and delivered, it's almost untouchable and it's fun to watch. And that's why I think the the like the leap to give it to Patrick Mahomes as the MVP is, one, he's a quarterback. Two, he's the face of the NFL. And three, he did make, you know, he made the plays happen. Like, he's throwing the ball. Yes, Damian Williams had over 100 yards rushing. Yes, he had two touchdowns. Yes, he had a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown and over 100 yards, something no one has ever done in the Super Bowl. And there's been some absolutely amazing running backs that have played in the Super Bowl. But again, it's just one of those things that when it's clicking and the spark is there and it's needed to be there, it was Damian Williams all night. Isn't it funny, too, how, like, everybody walked the last two weeks was talking about the Niners rushing game and how are the Chiefs going to stop it? Right. And you take out Debo Samuel's three carries for 53 yards, which was just, I mean, he was a problem all night. But you take that out, and they had 17 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown combined between Coleman and Mozart. And Damian Williams, 17 carries, 104, and a touchdown, four catches, 29 yards receiving. And another touchdown. And I mean, was, that guy was all over the field tonight. And it shows the kind of confidence that Andy and the Chiefs have in him because you mentioned it, LaShawn McCoy inactive. They ran with two running backs tonight. Yeah. You know, if something, if something would have happened, somebody would have gotten a little dinged up, they would have been putting Sherman back there on some carries. And the one thing I heard interesting in my car as I was listening to audio on 610 Sports Radio is that Damian Williams said that he Ubered um, yeah. to the game, to practice and to the games uh, early on in his career or early on this year because he didn't have a car. And at the end of the game, he went up to uh, Raheem Mostert after the Super Bowl and shared some emotional words and swapped jerseys. And then he went out and finally celebrated this team because he has so much class because he knew where he came from. And to give the story a little bit more feel, he was an undrafted running back that all started in Miami that wasn't given a chance because of injuries and stuff like that that spiked his career downhill a little bit. And now he's got the chance. He put up probably the best game out of anybody tonight and could have been MVP, went to Pat, but Damian Williams, um, somebody that was not expensive, somebody that's been a really, really, really key addition to this team and when healthy has been absolutely amazing. How incredibly ironic is it that everybody was talking about when we went into the season, the Chiefs don't have a running back. What are they going to do at running back? Yeah, this the is the biggest the hole year. on their team. And then the Chiefs running back that they chose, Damian Williams, ends up having pretty much the biggest game in the biggest game in the Super Bowl. And you can say probably one of the best games of all time in the Super Bowl for a running back. Frank and Olathe, we're close to a break, but you're ready to go. Let's see what you got. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think Damian Williams should have been the MVP. He was the glue that kept the that kept the ship 
going when there was when things were difficult. Um, what I didn't understand was the game plan in the first half. I, I, I thought they probably should have threw the ball a little bit more and opened right. it up a little bit more. But, I mean, it all worked out. Um, we're world champions. There's going to be a huge parade coming up. Um, more than likely, this is the dynasty. This is the start. This is kind of the turn of the tape. Um, this is the new dynasty that's going to be around for a long time with the age of that. I think Watkins will come back, but he won't come back at that number. And I think that he'll resign. Um, we will probably, you know, uh, put some depth in there, but really the thing is this defense, this defense is, uh, was really overlooked. I mean, midway through the season, this defense didn't look like it improved at all. It steadily improved in, in over and over time. If you look at the last two, two and a half months of the season, this is a top 10 defense. If this defense can continue to play like that with Pat and all the other things they got coming back, this is a setup for a run for a long time. The only other team out there I can see giving us a run for our money is the Baltimore Ravens everybody else they're just not in the class of where we're at right now so um you know it's, it's just so great to to see this happen and then you know i i shed a couple tears after it happened and it's just it, it seems like that you know it's a dream but uh it's not and it's real and uh many many more coming our way i got a feeling you going to the parade on thursday or on wednesday frank hell yeah i'm going to the parade on, who, who, would, who wouldn't be going in the parade on on wednesday i don't know somebody that doesn't like fun I don't know. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, the whole town's going to be shut down. I mean, believe it. It's it's, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be off the chain. And I think this is many, many more parades coming our way in the future for sure. Thanks for the phone call, Frank. Take care. Yep. Soak it all in. That's the vibe. I mean, people are still up calling into a radio station at three thirty-one in the morning, and we love it because we're here for you. Myself, Dusty Likens, Nick Price as well. We're here till six a.m. Uh, and then it's the guys from Fesco in the morning. Um, yeah, Damian Williams and Sammy Watkins. Who'd have thought? We'll get to Tyreek Hill a little bit later, but the star power on this team talked all year. They talked that smack. They won 10 in a row, and they walked the walk as well. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. We're here with you until 6 a.m. until the guys from Fesco in the morning take over, and they'll be live from Miami um, as they got one more day down there. And then right after them is uh, Cody and Gold from 10 to 2, also live from Miami. Cody Tapp still wide awake in Miami as it is 436 there. I don't think that man is sleeping tonight. I mean, I don't know why you would. No, at that point, like, like no I, Nick Price, I will tell you right now that if our boss, Steven Spector, didn't trust us to come in here at two o'clock in the morning and didn't give us a show and didn't think that we could bring some sort of championship radio program. I'd still be in Westport and I don't, I don't know if I'd be standing. That's just me being truthful. No, I'd be right. I'd be right there next to you. When the, I think when the Royals won the world series, um, I want to say, I mean, I watched it from home for sure. But, I mean, I think I put down at least 12. I mean, at least. It's a 9-8 oh, yeah, game. That, I mean, that's low ball. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that's where at least I was at with just beer. And I think what's crazy to see is that an entire city starting at 
I mean, in all in all reality, starting Saturday night, I think Tech Nine had the had the pep rally right mm-hmm. down in Power and Light. There was just a ton of people there. It was all the way back. Um, and then uh, I think it was Brandon Kylie. I think it was Kylie that said it that he had to go on a run and announce it because it doesn't count if you don't announce it. Right, you got to um, tell people about it. Yeah. By the way, the Gatorade was orange tonight. I know. I um, thought it was going to be yellow. I thought it always, would really make it always orange. I know. Well, it's the best kind, first of all. But yeah. I just really thought, like in today's, like get the great Graham pick, then it would be yellow over big red. But it's fine. Yeah, and, I didn't end up losing any money on it, so decided not to bet that prop. As we got completely the hell away from what we were talking <laughs> about. Sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Um, but I think I think it was Kylie that tweeted it, um, former producer of The Drive. I He said that he was, took a run downtown and that power and light was already um, obnoxious. And that's what's crazy, is that you just kind of got the feel that everybody kind of knew. And today was one of those days where, like, you started your day off. You knew what time you were going to your watch party. You knew what food you were bringing. And then by about 5.05, 5.15, you were going to find your spot on the couch, your chair, and you were going to watch something that you just kind of knew in the back of your head was going to be something fun to watch. And I get it. They were down by 10 with, you know, under whatever left. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't know. And I think with this win and with this run, everybody can look at themselves and think what a difference a year makes. They changed the entire idea behind this team. And I think that's why people went into this game with a little bit more of a positive vibe I, again i think the houston game really puts you over the edge i think that a lot of people went into this game very confident i don't know if very maybe, confident maybe not like to the point of like hey it's going to be a blowout but like very confident that the chiefs are probably going to pull this off i would say it was more so of a i truly believe it like i i more trust than, i trust the guys right more than just like a two we're gonna win i think there was a lot of people that were just kind of like yeah, it's suitable. Yeah, San Fran's really good. They went thirteen and three. They have a really good defensive, uh, you know, front line. They have a you know decent amount of weapons around them. You know, they can run the ball. They can run misdirection and all this kind of stuff. So there was there was there were a little bit of I think doubts, but I think that the way this team is and the way that they just let it breathe, um, things become looser with this team, and they weren't that way last year. And I think Bob Sutton gets a lot of focus when it comes to this type of narrative that last year, when you thought about this team, there wasn't really that, I guess to steal their line, there wasn't that championship swagger. Mm -mm. There wasn't that, you know, dog mentality on the defense that you see from Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones. Yeah. Chris Jones was here last year, but you didn't really get that. um, What do you want to call it? That, that, that type of swagger, that type of, you know, mentality where, they were going to just come out on the field. They knew who they were. They were going to smack in the mouth. They were going to talk a little smack when it came to it, and they were going to back it up. And getting rid of Sutton really spiked that because you got rid of Bob Sutton. You went and got Steve Spagnola. He went and found his guy in the in the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, who became the landlord. Kind of like when you were a kid and you watched and you read that book, Animorphs, where it was like the human face, and then it turned into what would probably be the the landlord face. 
That's what Tyron Matthew was this year. He became that leader on the field that you didn't have last year, and that's not a shot at Eric Berry. That's just a shot at where this team was last year. And Bob Sutton didn't allow that. And Steve Spagnola, who is friends with Andy Reid, who Andy Reid was like, that's the guy we should hire. And everybody said, all right, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, he's not in the league anymore, probably for a reason. And when you see Frank Clark and you see Tyron Matthew lead with their play and they lead with their voices, the fact guys were playing hurt showed leadership as well. And I know a lot of people can say and they can, you know, they can bitch and moan about what they want when it comes to Frank Clark at the beginning of the year where they're like, he's getting paid way too much money. He, we gave up too much for him for him not to be producing sacks. And I get that, that you, you want to see production in the stat line. Like you, that gives you the, the That's remorse. Your baseline, yeah, that you know? gives you the remorse. That gives you the, the, you know, the, the know-it-all to know like what his game was. And that's, you know, that defeats when people say, you know, that doesn't go in the stat line, but what he's doing actually does affect the team more. And the fact that Frank Clark had lost 20 pounds and was playing hurt speaks more volume for that man than getting 19 sacks in the season that it was his first year in the season for the Chiefs. He didn't get to that, but he had five sacks in the playoffs. He had a big sack tonight. And Frank Clark stood up when it mattered the most, and he played through injuries. And that's something that shows to your team, that gives your team that drive, that fight, that dog mentality. And this team changed its look and its feel, and they won the entire damn thing. I'm not saying that Steve Spagnola is the reason this team won a championship, but he's got a lot to do with it. And it was contagious, and it was a lead, and it led to a new look uh, for a Chiefs team. And you can't say anything about it because they did exactly what they said they were going to do. They won the whole bleeping thing. And when a team talks and a team backs it up, does it make it kind of frustrating to see? Yeah. When you watch those those Seattle Seahawks teams back in the day with, with the Legion of Doom um, and, and Richard Sherman and... And and Bobby, well not, maybe not Bobby Wagner, but you know Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas and all those guys. And like, you know what? We don't care. We're the best defense in the league. We're gonna pop you in the mouth and we're gonna dare you to try to score more than thirty on us. And you didn't, and you lost all year long. The Chiefs were saying, "We've got Pat Mahomes. We've got a different type of swagger on defense, and we know it. We believe it. We trust it, and we'll do it." And they did exactly that because you know what? Only one team at the end of the year can host. Um, the Lombardi Trophy and have a parade in their city. And this year, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do it. I mean, it was just such a visible difference in like the confidence of this defense from last year to this year. Last year, it kind of seemed like every time the defense had to go back out there, they were like, let's not screw this up. All right, let's see how this goes. And this year, it was like the defense wanted to be out there because they wanted to go make a play to get it back to Pat and get it back to this offense. And I mean, it all starts with those guys that they brought in. You get you see, you see Spags on the sideline getting low, getting into it, yelling at his guys. You never saw that from Bob Sutton. And you saw, you see it from the Honey Badger, and you see it from Frank Clark, and you saw Chris Jones really jump into that role too. And all these guys really just bought into each other, and they had this newfound confidence that, hey, we can talk the talk, and we can also walk the walk, and we can punch you right in the mouth, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that was the biggest difference this year was that defense. I mean, the offense last year was the third best offense of all time. 
The offense this year was also great, but it didn't have to be third best offense of all time. You weren't losing when you scored 50 points because this defense went out there and they imposed their will at times. And they don't have to be great for an entire game, all four quarters. But what matters most is at the end of the game tonight or last night, when they really, really needed to lock it down in the fourth quarter when they were trailing by 10, they shut the Niners out and they let the Chiefs go on a 21 to nothing run to end the game and win the Super Bowl. And the thing that's even more crazy to think about is that Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew didn't have to go through that heartbreak of the loss against the Steelers, the loss against the Titans, the loss against uh, the Patriots last year with D Ford lining up off sides. They didn't go through any of that, but they brought it with them and they've let that be a, I guess you could say, bulletin board material, but they they played it like they had, and they played it like they like they thought that they had been part of that, and you believed it. But I'll tell you this. You can talk all that smack if you can back it up. This team won 10 games in a row. They were embarrassed by Tennessee and Tennessee in Week 10, and then they completely changed their composure because they weren't going to be that team again, even though a lot of these guys, Bashad Breeland had a big pick tonight, Tyron Matthew, who played well all year, Frank Clark, none of those guys on this team – yeah, they knew what to do. Um, two guys that have been on this team and will probably be on this team for a while. The duo of these two is going to be real fun to watch for the future. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Just a little bit left of this second of four, of, of four total hours from Nick Price and myself, Dusty Likens, here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll be off the air at 6 a.m. Uh, to launch that over to the guys of Fesco in the morning, live from Miami. In fact, that's a lie. They'll start at 5.58 because they start before anybody else in the city. And I know that it's going to be tough for a lot of you to get behind the wheel of that car, drive to work. But look at it this way. It's going to be one real, real short week because we know you ain't working Wednesday because you'll be at a parade somewhere on Grand Street. Thursday, you'll still be high from the fun. I don't know what you'll do. Uh, I can't speak for everybody. Um, and then you'll be there Friday. And then Friday's going to be there, and you're going to be like, okay, it's the end of the week. So think about it. Maybe you're taking tomorrow off. Then you're working. Wow, that ended soon. Uh, then you're going to then you're gonna go to work Tuesday. That was Tuesday. abrupt. Yeah, that was quick. Then you're going to go to work Tuesday, knowing that Wednesday, hump day, parade day in Kansas City is right around the corner. You're going to be thinking, okay, when am I going to get up? When am I going to go down there? Man, I might get there at like 6 a.m. But the only thing that worries me about doing that is like how to keep my phone charged. And also how to stay warm. Right. For I mean, what, that's like yeah, it's nine gonna, hours. From what we've seen, it's going to be about 20, anywhere from like 25 to 28. Yeah. There'll probably still be some snow on the ground because we're supposed to get like one to three inches on Tuesday night. Um, what else is new? I don't know, man. I don't but, really care. I don't care at all. Not at this point. Uh, Rob from KCMO, you're leading off the sop- off the topic. What's going on, Rob? Hey, how you doing? I got I got two things for you. The first one is um, first line on Alex Smith at all. What he did, didn't, you know, knowing that Patrick was going to probably take his job and and teach him everything for that year that he was on the sidelines. But I don't think that Andy Reid would have ever had the uh, the trust and faith in Alex to be as aggressive on on those early fourth and ones that we had. I think that, you know, he had that belief in Patrick that allowed him to do that. I don't know that we would have seen that if, uh, you know, Alex had been still at the helm. And then the second thing yeah. is you were, you were talking about uh, Damian Williams uh, earlier. Um, when, he, when he crossed the plane, 
that shows what a smart footballer he is. One, but you were uh, talking about how he was overtaking Uber when he first uh, came to the city. I actually uh, do Uber as a part-time gig, and I picked him up at the airport the day he landed here from Miami after we drafted him and took him to Arrowhead. And we were talking about, you know, the different things to do in Kansas City and, you know, places to live and stuff like that. And one thing he said to me that, you know, really resonated is he's, he's like, I don't want to live in any of the busy spots or any of the nightclubs or any of the fun places because, you know, I had all that in Miami and I'm here to put my head down and get my career back in track and, and do something special. And he said that on the day he got into town and, and looked at him now. You know, he did something special, so kudos to him. That's right. I appreciate the phone call. Rob, you going to the parade on Wednesday? Oh, uh, yeah, take care. <laughs> All right, man. That's right. Well, take care, Rob. Thanks for the phone call. Enjoy this win. Um, enjoy all this. And I think that's the message that you're getting from us. I think that's like our fifth caller. Um, it's not like, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I think I think I'm going to go. Yeah, I think I'm going to be able to swing it like no, that. It's no. just a straight up, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> That's what's going on when it comes to when it comes to people that are going to the parade. It's not this, you know, well, I got to check with the wife and kids. One guy literally said, the hell with it. I'm taking the nine-year-old, the two-year-old, the one-year-old, the dog, the lady. Everybody's going. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, three million people. I mean, the more that you're hyping it up, man, I I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot. I think it's gonna be probably the largest one that we've seen. We looked it up earlier, and it said online um, on the Google machine yeah. that Cleveland 1.3 million when they won the championship, the NBA championship a few years back, is the largest one that yeah. we could find. And I would definitely say that this is gonna beat it. And you could put some comps there too, right? Like Cleveland's like main like they're general area in Ohio, uh, you know, around yeah, the metro area yeah, is about 2 million. Right. Right. And 1.3 showed up. Um, that's basically everybody. Kansas city, more people, right. More population. If that same type of, uh, uh, theme happens where like the majority where like three out of four people go. Yeah. There'll be 3 million. Yeah, I mean, and we're not just talking about Kansas no. City here. We're talking about Nebraska. We're talking about Iowa, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri. Like, we had somebody text in earlier. They're driving out here from Denver. Yeah, they said, uh, they said, what'd they say? They said, I'm a transplant in Denver. I'm driving Tuesday morning to Kansas City to go to the parade. Text line from the 816. I already have my hotel room booked. You want to be part of this show? You want to text into the Smitty's Garage Burger and Beer text line? That's eight. Um, Feel free to. Uh 69306. You want to call in, you want to be a part of this show, you want to you want to let us know um, you know, how you're feeling, what you're doing. 913-576-7610 uh here on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Nick Price. We've got you till 6 a.m. It's just almost four o'clock. But it, you know, when when our last caller Rob talks about that, you and I had talked about that on our last show on Out of Bounds about the important role of Alex Smith, and that that that's where this goes back to. And I remember watching the post-game um, celebrations. And when they interviewed Andy Reid on the field, uh, it was awkward to start because uh, I don't think he either heard the question or or what, but, like, he asked him the question, and then he just, like, stared into his soul. And he's like, oh, I don't think you heard it, but it was weird because, like, Mahomes was, like, also there, and it was one of those, like, moments. But Andy Reid was like, this goes to a lot of guys 
that were here before this. And I couldn't help but think that like he was kind of like focusing his attention on Alex Smith. And yeah, I mean, Alex Smith, I think, deserves a lot of credit for the success that this team has because of the time and the effort and the 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 directions and the the implications and the scholar type of person that he is that he gave Mahomes. And people say, well, what the hell could Alex Smith do for Mahomes? And I think a lot of people know what it is now because enough people have talked about it. And it's okay to bring this up at the end of the hour. And that is, you know, you can't help but think that, yeah, Alex Smith didn't teach Patrick Mahomes how to throw the football. He didn't tell him how deep he could throw it. He didn't tell him how precise he could throw it. But when it was more so like in the video rooms, because if you look at the way Alex Smith plays, there are similarities when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. And tonight was kind of an anomaly the way that he threw those interceptions. And I think a lot of that was the fact that there was a 24-year-old kid playing quarterback in the biggest game of the world. Um, millions are watching that game. Thousands are at it. Flashlights are going off like crazy because people are taking pictures. And, yeah, I think there was a little bit of, you know, you know, jitterbugs. I think there was a little bit of butterflies in the stomach. You know, the interception that 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 went off Tyreek Hill's hand was was definitely on Mahomes. He threw it behind Tyreek. And the other one he threw early in the game was forced in there. And, like, that was stuff that you weren't used to seeing from Patrick Mahomes. And then it just kind of settled down. And he went back to that, like, hey, relax. Remember what you looked at. And part of that probably came from Alex Smith. Does Alex Smith deserve a Super Bowl ring? Some people would say no. I don't know if he'll ever get one. Maybe he will under the table, kind of quietly, eventually come out in the, in the news and the media but Alex Smith did more for this team than a lot of people give him credit for. And I think there is a lot of respect that goes that way from more than just Andy Reid, more than Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes and, and Alex Smith, they bonded. They knew their role. And Alex Smith knew that this team was going forward without him. And Alex Smith got paid and had that terrible injury. But at the end of the day, you look back on those teams and you look back on what Alex Smith did for the Kansas City Chiefs when they were in the dark times and where him and Andy Reid started to move forward and where he took all of that and implicated it into Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes already being the hyped-up, talented star that he was, got smarter with Alex Smith, and that's something that you just can't really like put more focus on than how much that helped Patrick Mahomes' career. That's basically all I got for that on Alex Smith. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes are something special, and it's not going anywhere. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 